Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know anyone that doesn't want to be valued, respected, and treated fairly. The Governor's Advisory Council on Diversity and Inclusion met for the first time last Thursday at the State House, laying down the groundwork for the months ahead. According to Governor Chris Sununu's executive order last December, the council is charged with holding public sessions around the state to gather citizen experience on issues of race, gender, sexual orientation, age, disability, and more. I'm Hadley Barndoller, and this is Diversity Speaks New Hampshire. The governor joined the council for the beginning of their meeting on Thursday. I, I hope everyone has an understanding of, of what this is about. And, and I think the two of the important things are, A, this is not about a headline. Right? This is not about putting a group together and, and doing a, a bunch of fluff. Uh, there's a lot of that uh, in state government, as we all know. I, I'm a firm believer, um, and when this idea was, it was kind of presented and formulated with, along with the Attorney General and a few other folks um, that really said, look, what are the needs of the state when we're talking about diversity and inclusion and race and all these factors that are out there right now? Um, and it's about what we can really do that, that matters. And I think we, we made some pretty significant initial first steps. Obviously, the civil rights unit um, uh, that is being set up uh, at the attorney general's office is terrific, um, a step that probably is long overdue, um, but uh, something that I think is obviously drastically needed, um, not because we have a crisis on our hands, but because when issues come up, we have to be prepared. Um, and I don't think we've allowed ourselves to fall short in any uh, uh, individual issue that has come up. But often what I've, what I've learned, and I think what the Attorney General has learned, is often we're looking to outside resources. And that can be very valuable at times. But you've got to have your, your internal crew that really understands the issues, understands your demographics, understands um, uh, our populations and our communities. And that's what really we're going to get to here. This is this is sitting, this is an organization sitting at the state level, but it is really about how to interact with the, with the communities and the local communities. Um, I'm a big believer, uh, and I say this a lot lately, but I'm going to keep repeating it because I think it, it, it deserves repeating, that the trick of government I, am, I have learned in my first year, yeah, the secret, um, is how do you get the big system to focus on individuals? Right? How do you get the big system to focus on that kid in the classroom or that family right there or that individual business? And then take that input and let it drive the policy out of the system. Let the, you know, it sounds cliche, I think um, Governor Thompson uh, made it famous, but it's pe- it truly is people over politics. People creating, not politics, but the policy that has true impact on people's lives, especially in a state like New Hampshire. We're inside the bubble, a lot of us here, not everyone, but a lot of us here are inside the bubble in Concord, which is why we tried to bring so many folks that weren't part of just government or just elected officials or whatever it might be. It's really about getting that outside-the-bubble perspective to figure out what's really going on. Um, and, uh, and again, where we can just make the system better and then have a system that can react. I've got to keep going back to that. That's flexible. That's responsive. That doesn't say, well, we didn't really plan for that contingency. We'll, we'll figure that out you know, in six months when when we get to it in the next legislative session. No, we gotta have a system that can react. People aren't gonna, people aren't, we shouldn't be asking people to wait six months um, for, uh, for due process, for what's right, for what is just in their communities, uh, or some type of action from government. We can be faster than that. 
The council's discussions were lively and impassioned, the main bone of contention being whether the council jumps into its work with the public or takes some extra time to formulate a mission. I can say, as, as sure as I'm sitting here, that the number of people who have reached out to me who want to talk, because in reality, we really haven't, no one has, given individuals the opportunity to speak out on this issue for, like forever. So I'm really concerned that the number of people who want to actually say something to us out there is huge, absolutely huge. So I'm really worried that if we start having our council meetings and pushing off the listening session aspect, we could be doing ourselves a disservice. Council Chair Rogers Johnson had his heart set on holding the first public listening session at the University of New Hampshire campus in March, while Sheriff Ellie Rivera felt the members didn't have a framework to effectively hold a listening session so soon. I think the people on UNH campus know what they want to talk to us about. I think they have their own framework. I I feel fairly confident that if we are to give them a forum, they've been discussing this issue for a decade, decades, three decades. Their students have been dealing with this for years. I don't, I I don't, and and I I tend to agree with the chair that I I think that that session would pretty much run itself as far as the different constituencies that would come before us and raise the issues on, on the campus. I do think it's likely to be more of a listening session than a council session, but it's one of those examples of if we host it at UNH, if the relevant groups know about it, they're going to come. They're going to come and they're going to watch it. And that's part of the idea of a listening session is that it's not actually our framework necessarily, but we know it's going to be a valuable framework because we know that there are valuable discussions happening on campuses that are going to be on that campus in particular. Coming to the forefront last spring, The predominantly white UNH campus was roiled in racial tensions after alleged bias incidents caused students of color to call on the administration and fellow classmates to do better. At the time, President Mark Huddleston apologized to students of color for having failed over the last 10 years for not adequately addressing the problem. However, these issues did not originate just recently. I I need to say this. Relative to things we may hear statewide, you may hear some things at UNH which will actually make your hair curl. Um, it's, it is that serious. There's a lot of pain there. And it's different than I think you would have expected. Vice Chair of the Council, Andrew Smith, told members the group has one shot at getting off on the right foot with the public and that it has to be organized moving forward. Our task is going to be complicated. There are going to be people in fear that are not sure what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. So we have to organize and be focused as a group. And at the same time, we have to clarify what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. We need to gain insight from others in terms of what their issues and concerns are and respond to people that uh, are like-minded and also want to get home safe at night and when they leave home to be able to go out and come back again safe at night. I don't know anyone that doesn't want to be valued, respected, and treated fairly. After the meeting, council members spoke of their excitement to be part of a monumental task for the state of New Hampshire. I'm Dottie Morris. I'm the Associate Vice President for Institutional Diversity and Equity at King State College, representing the University of New Hampshire system. Um, I'm very excited about this. It's a long time coming. It's 
for as long as I've been living in the state, people have been pushing for something like this. So I feel very honored to be one of the people to uh, be pushing this forward. So it's exciting. Uh, hi, my name is Devin Chafee. I'm the executive director with the American Civil Liberties Union of New Hampshire. Um, and I am uh, very excited. I think that there was a lot of energy in the room today um, by all members of the council who are really looking forward to making some concrete progress on issues of diversity and inclusion. And they're, will, they're really intent on working together. And so I think we have a, a lot to do, a lot that's expected, but you know, we are ready to get to work. The council will meet next on February 22nd at 530 in the executive council chamber at the State House in Concord with the goal of holding a listening session at UNH before students go on spring break in late March. Thank you for listening to Diversity Speaks New Hampshire, a product of Seacoast Media Group. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.